This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Well, hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 383, recorded on Monday, June the 11th, 2018. Hope everyone's doing great out there. Uh, Jason, I'm not going to lie to you. I am feeling a little bit under the weather today. Not too bad, but I just worry I'm coming down with something. So we need to uh, wrap this up so I can get to bed and get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, <laughs> once again, uh, my name is Jason. Yeah, my name is Chris. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> really, though, how are you doing? How are you doing this week? I'm tired, Chris. Let's wrap this up so I can go to bed. Oh, Jesus. Well, at least I have an excuse. I'm, I think I'm getting sick, but I'm going to try my best not to get sick because I can't afford to be sick right now. Just It's too, sure again. It's too expensive. It just costs me too much if I'm sick right now. It costs you too much? Yeah, I can't afford you, it. You, you got to pay your daughters when you're sick? No. Every single sneeze or sniffle costs you 25 cents? <laughs> Jeez, don't give them that idea because <laughs> they might go for that. Uh, no, I just, you know, got a lot going on in life at work on, on podcasts and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't want to be bedridden for any more time than I already am. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone is doing well. And we are here to talk about the mid season finale of fear of the walking dead. And, you know, with nothing else on the go, I think we should just jump right into it. Jumping, jump away. Season four, episode eight is titled No One's Gone. Jason, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you first off here, as I often do, and ask you the um, important question. What did you think in general of this episode? Was it a suitable mid-season finale? And, uh, you know, what are your general thoughts on it? I did not like it. I don't think it was a suitable mid-season finale. I was disappointed pretty much throughout the whole thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So expand a little bit. What did you not like about it? Um, I really wanted to find out what happened to Madison. <laughs> Wait a minute. We didn't? Of course not. No, uh, we got, we're going to get into it, I'm sure, into the gritty and the nitty, but uh, that was uh, Walking Dead bullshit. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a, a framework here. Um, really, generally, overall in this episode, a couple of things happened. Number one, we were, and, and this is the big one, I think, we were introduced to a third time frame. We've been working with the before yeah. and the after uh, for the first, well, through all of season four so far. And now we kind of have the before before, which is... I've, were you sure? I wasn't sure. I thought it might have been the after before or maybe the after after. No, it's definitely the before before. <laughs> no, I know that now, but at the beginning I was thinking, is this after after or is it before before? Okay, you're, you're right. I, I wasn't sure at first. But it becomes clear throughout the episode that what we see of Madison and her interactions with Althea are happening before the before timeline. And to put it in actual an actual time frame, it's more than a year before the the um, the after, which is which means it's before they moved into the baseball diamond. That's right. Yeah. And I was at first kind of bothered by this. Um, but I watched the episode three times and it settled in a little bit for me much better the second time and the third time I, when I didn't have to worry about when is this taking place? Why are we seeing this? I could sort of focus on what was happening a little bit more and it sat better with me. I, I have to admit, right. but, but I will admit the, you know, it was confusing the first time and I'm not totally sure that they really needed to double down on this this multiple time frame storytelling device. You know what I mean? No, you were pretty sick of it to begin with, and you were hoping that they would wrap it up. And the first thing they do is add a third one. Right, I felt bad for you. Right, and that was that was problematic the first time. The first time, but uh, once I was once I was through it, and now that the episode is done, and the way they did sort of wrap it all up and bring it together, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Okay, uh, I would not be. Very excited if they continued this storytelling framework in the second half of the season. Um, even if it 
if it involves new time frames and new situations, I don't want to see this anymore. I'm I'm done with this for now. Give us a couple of seasons of like normal, straightforward chronological storytelling, and then go back to this something weird. Well, you know, I'll deal with that at the time. But but right now, I'm I'm okay with how it wrapped up ultimately. But I don't want to see any more right away. Right. So, um, what we got here is. Madison and Althea meeting up, as I said, before the events of anything we've seen on the show so far. And um, although I did like it, I think within the context of this episode, they spent a little bit, a little bit of too much time in this time frame, if, if you ask me. Um, I felt like there was an awful lot of time of, of her, Madison and Al sitting there with, you know, Madison outlining her story and then i wasn't quite on board with al's long story about the twisted round this like dictator right. she was involved with at some point i thought maybe she was going to drive into a drive into a story about uh, some people just want to watch the world burn mm -hmm. isn't that the same story that alfred told batman yeah pretty much yeah so uh, that's what I, I figured was going to happen some like, people why are you telling alfred's story like tell your own damn story some people just want chaos pretty much right and yeah that was it but you know, it didn't, I, I'm not really sure that Al's storyline in that bit really provided much to this episode. You know, it was sort of a story about, you're right, someone who who wanted chaos and was controlling, but ultimately didn't really have the control of the people. And I'm like, okay, but what's the point? So it sort of made, made me feel a little bit like there was just too much of Madison and Al when I was... I guess at the time, a little bit more interested in seeing what was going on in the in the after or the present, I guess we can call it now, right. and 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 what they were doing at the burnt out baseball stadium. So, you know, it's it was okay, but there was a little bit too much of it. But what I really wanted to ask is, did the show sort of earn the right to throw in a third a third storyline, and you know, did they pull it off? in a way that that made sense and the events of that third storyline does it kind of make sense within the context of of the story that they're telling because i don't know if you feel the same way but like to have to suddenly have madison and althea having met in the past very conveniently while madison is separated from her family which which really drives home sort of the thematic elements of this episode of her just wanting to find a safe place for her family. You know, is it likely that this would happen? Is it, it's within the realm of possibility, but is there really, is it likely enough a thing to happen that we should be able to believe it when we, when we're shown this in the episode? I'm not so sure. And I think that's where my original problem with it stemmed from a little bit. So to answer your questions, yes, probably, and yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. So did it earn the right? Maybe. Did uh, this uh, addition of the third storyline, I think it was important because um, I, I, I think this was the only thing I liked about this episode. Well, the, the, the thing I liked the most about this episode, let's say it that way, mm. that adding in that the before before storyline and Madison and Althea meeting kind of turned Madison into what happened uh, at the, uh, at the baseball stadium. She kind of guided because of that meeting, she was guided to do that. She wasn't thinking big enough. Uh, so I think that that, it wasn't an important thing. And I thought it was a, an interesting story to tell that because Madison met Althea, that uh, the whole baseball thing transpired. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting and probably the, the thing I liked the most about this episode. And really the fact that they had introduced a third sto uh, storyline or a third timeline uh, didn't occur to me until after I had seen the episode. I was like, oh yeah, shit, there's a third one now. Yeah, like, yeah, no. It, 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 they snuck it in. They snuck it under under my radar. I didn't notice it. Huh. Well, it it goes back before, so it's definitely counts as a third one, I think. But, you know, I I get what you're saying. I think thematically it worked pretty well. And by the end, I I will admit I was really struck by Althea's influence on Madison, right? Al helped her 
and she sort of solidified in Madison's mind that she wanted to find a place to live and help other people. And that's what she says when they're standing there uh, looking at the baseball diamond before they've even moved into it. She says, somebody helped me when she didn't have to, and now I want to do the same for other people is basically what she was saying. So I was struck by the the influence that Al ultimately had on Madison. Um, but at the same time, Madison's always just been trying to save her family. So, and this show has been about that from the beginning. So I, in a way I sort of feel like we already knew that and we just got a little bit more than we needed here to drive the point home. I don't know. I mean, uh, Althea kind of taught her to, uh, be generous in the face of adversity, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Madison snuck up on her with a gun and even pulled the trigger and shot her soup. I mean, how cruel is that to shoot somebody's soup? And then says it wasn't an accident. Nobody can aim that well when they're falling down. I'm sorry. Uh, Well, (laughs) I don't know. There's probably, uh, I'm pretty sure that John Dory could do it. Well, John Dory aside, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to put that aside. Sure. Uh, And maybe Simon. I think Simon could probably do it. I don't know. Simon would fall ass backwards and shoot with his eyes closed and... Yeah, but still would hit the soup, right? Probably. True. Yeah, so, uh, (laughs) you know, Madison snuck up on Althea and held her at gunpoint and kept saying, you know, I need to take from you, uh, essentially. But Althea was responding in, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, We need to make a trade, and the trade is information. It's just like, that's a very confusing proposition to come up against. Uh, so I think it had a big influence on, on Madison and influenced how she put together the community at the baseball diamond was to find people and just invite them in, you know, come. Sure. You know, if you don't, oh, you don't want to come, don't come. Take the truck, gear, take everything uh, that I have or, you know, come with, live with us. You know, it was a very, uh, I think it was a very uh, important change in what Madison was doing at that moment that Althea influenced. And so I thought that was, uh, I thought it was really, it was good. I yeah. Liked that. But the fact that it, it seemed so convenient for, for, for that story didn't bother you at all. Cause that, that's what bothered me a little bit, right? Madison is separated for, from her family before they moved into the diamond. I would just kept thinking, wouldn't this have come up at some point? Like, wouldn't we have already known this or, or it kind of, fe- and it kind of feels like the show is deliberately withholding, this information from us because they know they're going to surprise us later on down the road with this third time frame, And then it's, you know, it, it, it feels almost like a plot twist to me that Al knew Madison before all of this happened, but it's not the kind of plot twist you can really see coming because there's no reason to think that this sort of thing might have taken place. Oh, right. So it's one of those Days X plot twistic twistia kind of things. <laughs> yeah, something like it that. It just comes out of nowhere and, uh, you know, plot twists. So the, the, be- the best plot twists are hinted at throughout the life of the story. Well, totally. Right? And, and this is not the case for this. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not really a classic definition of a plot twist, but it kind of feels like a secret storyline that we're, is withheld until the right time, uh, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And I guess that thing hap- that sort of thing happens all the time in TV and movies, but this one felt especially egregious to me, even right. though so it's, it's not just a plot twist. It's a plot twist with a yank. It's too much of a yank. That's right. Yeah. Just, it, it, you know, sure it's uncomfortable, but that yanking bit really kind of hurts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The yank hurts a little bit. You don't want your yank yeah. to hurt. Um, that's right. <laughs> but you know, it's, the other thing is, they, I think they really went out of their way during the episode to try to throw in little bits to explain it to us. You know, Althea at one point explicitly states to Alicia that Madison never told me your name. Strand asks exactly the same question at one point. Um, when Madison and Althea are talking that night in the before before, uh, Al says, you don't have to give me names or places, just your story. Like all these little lines to make sure we know there's no reason that this would have come up at any point before this or after this, I guess. Right. You know? But Well, I don't think they – you're right, but I don't think it was necessary because uh, Althea hasn't talked about anybody else on her tapes. And nobody really went through the tapes to look at names before. So why not just simply have – 
Madison written on a tape. There's no reason not to have Madison written on a tape, in my opinion. Uh, right. Well, we see her writing Madison at the end, but that's happening after Alicia yeah. and everybody told the final story of Madison. Instead, on the tape, what does she write? She writes the short form name of the bird that Madison tells that story about, right? Yeah, which is enough for uh, Alicia to know that that's her mom. Well, right? yeah, but that that also bothered me. I wrote it down. It's Amina. It was short for Wilhelmina. So Madison yeah. tells this story about when her kids were little and they found a hurt bird and they named it Wilhelmina and called it Amina for short. They nursed it back to health and the bird survived and everybody was happy. And the point is that her kids kind of had faith and they wanted to do something to help this bird, right? Which is one of the things Madison is learning. But that scene in the current, in the present timeline where Alicia knocks down the noodles the noodles are what triggers her to suddenly realize somehow that Althea knows her mother just because yeah. she had the same noodles. I thought that was stupid. And then she goes immediately goes digging through the tapes, finds one labeled Amina and immediately knows this is about her mom. Like that, yeah. that does not fit together for me. Yeah. It, it, no, that was crappy, and that was that was incredibly crappy. And I can't. I'm trying as you're talking. I'm trying to think of something that would uh, be uh, a word on the back of a tape and some other substance that would point me directly to you. And I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe your Xbox username, <laughs> right? And uh, which I use all over the place. Well, you only use it on Xbox, as far as I know. Uh, you might use it at other places, but I'm not familiar with it and i can't think of anything specific other than uh maybe cherry coke but i'm not <laughs> even sure about that maybe if cherry coke had a third or fourth flavor added into it like vanilla cherry coke do they make that i think so yeah y and you would drink that right i would definitely try it i have tried it yeah so that that would make me think of you I, something I, with multiple flavors <laughs> and uh your xbox username you know i i fear that people are probably losing the context for why that would make you think of me but we can get into that some other time maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well that could be but i'm just like i say it's uh do you know somebody well enough that you would be able to take two random pieces of information that is fairly common and be able to pinpoint the person that uh that they're referring to well with family members direct family members i will admit it's more likely right because i know my children's story very well i know my wife's story very well and vice versa so not your mom though well i don't know i mean if my mom had this story about something i did as a young boy now 30 years later if you know some random word or name I gave to a pet I had for two weeks, I don't know if I would put two and two together. And, and yeah. even if I did, even if I did have, you know, my, we had a cat when I was younger, the cat's name was Muffy. And even if someone like if I, the word Muffy was written down on, on a piece of paper, I don't think I would connect that back to my childhood cat at this point. Really? I mean, you might think, Hey, that I had a cat named that, but then your brain would move on to, hey, look, cherry vanilla Coke. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that's what I think about most of the time. But I just don't buy that, A, the noodles would trigger anything, maybe because food is so scarce, you know, that's what Alicia was thinking of, but I don't believe it. And then to dig through the tapes and find Amina and know that this, you know, meant something to her. And the other thing is they show i think they showed these scenes out of order in the episode because the word amina when when alicia picks it up it doesn't even mean anything to the audience yet because we get the scene with madison telling that story after this scene where alicia picks up the tape yeah. so i think if it meant something to the audience i could maybe buy into it a little more because okay fine it might not be believable that the character understands it at least i do and we can we can move on so I don't know. It reminded me of of uh, a pivotal scene in 
the Batman versus Superman movie, which I guess I don't want to spoil. Oh, yeah, that did reminded me of that too, and I was going to bring that up, but yeah. we can bring that up in our spoiler section for Batman versus Superman. Right. It's you know, there's a key moment in that film that I thought was absolutely ridiculous and hamfisted. Sheer, sheer and utter, utter bullshit. Yeah. Yes, that moment. Yeah, and this reminded me of that a little bit. Just yeah. characters figuring something out. So me, t- me too. Um. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I I can put a lot of that behind me and say that the Madison and Althea flashback stuff wasn't bad in many other ways. And, and thematically, it was pretty good in the episode. And you're right, it did put Madison on this path to the kind of person she was living in the baseball diamond. So, you know, not, not too bad. Um, Dan in Durant, Iowa, wrote in a rather sarcastic email about some of this stuff, and I thought I'd throw it in right here. Awesome. He, he writes, uh, or a longer email, but this was a portion of it. He writes, Al to Madison, you don't have to tell me your name or the name of the people you're looking for. Of course, it would probably be a, probably be a huge benefit to you if you did, seeing as how all I do is drive around, talk to people, harm no one, and trade food for stories. Madison, nah. i thought that was funny thank you dan for that (laughs) um so so that's that why don't we you know if we move into the after storyline or the present a little bit i get the feeling you didn't like this portion of it uh whereas i thought most of this stuff was pretty good yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) well what is it you didn't like about it it was a little too gun shooty for me, I mean, I thought we had moved beyond that kind of thing. You know, we need to get into this baseball stadium. Uh, when you go into a baseball stadium, do you drive into the middle of the baseball stadium? Is that the best place to go in order to find something that is in a room in the baseball stadium? That strikes me as the worst place you could possibly go. Well, they did that last week, and they didn't know the zombies were in there. So they ended up in the middle of them where they're all burnt out. And yeah, but then, yeah, okay. And then they had to then figure out stuck. what to do. Right. It just, it struck me as, uh, you know, turn, turn, you, you got to turn, you got a steering wheel on your car there. Turn, turn a little bit when you find the zombies and you go like, shit, uh, I better drive straight through this thickest part of the herd. Anyway, that kind of bothered me. Uh, honestly, the special effects of the burnt out zombies, obviously wearing burnt out zombie overalls bothered me (laughs) yeah i did think they looked a little bit funny at times and that big wide shot near the beginning as the camera pulled out showed how many there were i as much as i thought it was a cool shot i did sort of feel like there was a lot of digital cut and paste of zombies shambling around in there you know just to to pad out the number of extras in the scene or background performers as they are called now um they're not called extras I'm, oh, because they're not extra. They're integral, integral to the plot. They're background performers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this, this yeah, that makes sense to me. But I'm, I think I'm all on board there. I was, I was a little bit off there at the beginning, but uh, you've, you've talked me into it. Okay. It didn't take much. Uh, but I, no. I do feel like many of them were um, digitally added background performers. Uh, but I, but I still think the shot looked cool. And I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind how those, those zombies looked. I thought they were pretty cool. I I overall thought this section, though, was was pretty great. Um, Lots of zombies, some good action, in my opinion, but also some really good drama. Um, And, you know, a big portion of it was about them trying to save John Dory. Really, they were in there and they wanted to get into the infirmary to get the supplies that she needed to save John Dory. And... It wasn't even about getting back and seeing her take the bullet out and patch up the wound and like do the field surgery necessary. It was about the mission to get the supplies to yeah. get back to do that. And I kind of appreciated that. So it was really? fun. I thought it was, uh, you know, modern medicine. Sure, you need supplies, but it's about the, the craft of practicing medicine. It's not like you have to go and uh, search for a magic item that as soon as you bring back the magic item, everything is fine. Mm. You know, it, it, it seemed to me like they were searching for a potion of healing for John Dory. Well, I, it's like I once they get so. back, everything is guaranteed to be fine because they got the potion of healing back. All I have to do is pour it on him and uh, he's good to go. I guess, but I think they just, they could have gone one of those two ways. And, and I, I don't begrudge them for doing what they did. I thought it was entertaining. And there was, 
there was at least two scenes in this whole thing that I thought were absolutely amazing. The first one was when Charlie in the truck picks up uh, Al's camera and points it at John Dory and he starts saying goodbye to Naomi slash Laura slash June. <laughs> She's got a third name now. June, yeah. Yeah. And he says to the camera, if I don't make it, that's okay with me as long as you do. So, yeah. Good old. He's the sweetest man ever. And then when is. she tells him his name, he says, oh, that's my favorite month. Yeah. I enjoyed that part too. I, I love this guy, you know? I mean, what a great response. My name's June. How can you not fall in love with him? June. How? That's my can't favorite do it. month. No, you can't do it. I'm in love with him. Like everything about this guy is fantastic. So I, I did enjoy those two scenes. I thought they were really, really nice and just reinforced how much of a great guy John Dory is. And then the whole part with Alicia and Morgan in the uh, stadium building when they're, you know, when Alicia's there to kill June, I guess we can call her now. And yeah. and Morgan steps up in between them. I thought the two of them and really the three of them, but it was mostly between Morgan and Alicia. I thought the two of them were fantastic in that scene. Both of them. It really, really, you know, solidified for the, the way Morgan has been lately. And Alicia Debnam Carey. She's come a long way since the beginning yeah. of this show. She is, she has had some of the best acting to do, I think. And that's saying something because, you know, uh, the other characters have been no slouch, slouches either, but uh, she's been really good. And I thought she was really, really good in that scene. I, I think the acting was really well done. It's kind of reminded me of Crocodile Dundee. When uh, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, uh, you know, he did this thing and put the ox to sleep. I don't remember. I haven't seen you don't that. Remember, you should watch Crocodile Dundee. It's it's quite the it's quite the entertaining rewatch. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long he time. He basically hypnotizes a, uh, an ox and it falls asleep. Okay, that sounds it, fun. It, it, it's basically the uh, every every time I see somebody uh, use compassion and logic to talk somebody uh, off the uh, you know a homicidal or a suicidal uh, rampage. Of some mm-hmm. kind, yes. Uh, I I think oh, they crocodile Dundee them. <laughs> so right. I'm pretty sure that uh, yeah, Morgan crocodile Dundee Alicia in this scene. Well, he did a masterful job at it. I thought um, just convincing her that she has already changed to be better, you know, than than um, she would be if she just randomly murdered uh, June in that scene. So. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really good. And that was my favorite bit. There's two things I didn't understand about the whole story or the whole bit here at the baseball stadium. And the first one is when Morgan and June run into the building, as soon as they run through, something really big explodes. And I wasn't sure what that was. Can you explain to me? Landmine, I guess. What was exploding? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, the maybe the some of the zombies that were on fire were carrying gasoline or finally went off or we know luciana shot an rpg at the truck did she shoot another one at them as they were running in uh i suppose they she could have but those things don't reload that quickly so well i don't know i'm and i'm not sure if you know she had another one but I wasn't sure what happened because then Al gets on the radio and says, whoa, are you guys okay? And and they're inside and everything's fine. I mean, it was convenient because it blocked up the entrance with debris. So the zombies couldn't get in easily, but I wasn't sure what caused the explosion. So I'm going to have to say maybe Lucy with another RPG, but that that wasn't. The Mines of Moria. Wasn't clear to me. What are those? The Mines of Moria. You've seen Lord of the Rings? Read Lord of the Rings? Seen, not read. Okay. Well, when they go into the mines... Mm-hmm. You know, the mines of Moria, they go in, they go through the door, you speak friend and enter. And then when they go in, this big serpent comes out of the water and busts up the de-entrance so they can't get out. Was this all in the movie? Through. It's all in the movie. Okay. Then, then I have seen it. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they let Bill go. You remember Bill from Lord of the Rings? Ish. Tell me you don't, you know who Bill is. Well, I know people named Bill. No, well, it's, um, it was their mule. Oh, really? Bill, Bill the mule. He was with them up until the mines of Moria, but you can't bring a mule into the uh, into the mines, so they let him go. And in the book, it said Bill had one, many wonderful adventures, but eventually made his way home. 
Oh, good. <laughs> I thought that was really nice. <laughs> That's good. Who knows what he actually did, but eventually made his way home. Yeah. Anyways, they blocked up the door to the mine so you couldn't get out? Or yeah, in? they couldn't get back out. They had to go through. Oh, okay. So that's what happened here. Only instead of a giant serpent monster, it was a random explosion of some kind. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, the other thing that's related to an explosion, actually, now that I think about it, is there's a bit when uh, when Althea is on the radio to... Yep to alicia and she's saying that this truck is built like a tank within a tank in a bank vault and then and then the front door just kind of falls off for no reason Uh and alicia's standing there i was initially confused about that too but that happens right after the rpg so i think that is definitely related to rpg damage it is uh so that was a that was a bit of comic relief for the rpg thing because she's talking about how strong this is and the door just helped fell off and then althea says on the radio do you want to help me with this door right <laughs> yeah so right. i i did get the joke there but at first i wasn't sure what caused the door to fall off but obviously it's from the the damage from the rocket um the thing I thought was funny about it too though is when the door does fall off and alicia just walks into the frame my yeah. first thought was what the Fuck, did she use telekinesis to rip that thing off? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> it's funny that my brain didn't go first to rocket damage. It went to, you know, supernatural telekinesis ability. Well, there are a lot of Marvel movies that are coming out recently and in the near future. So uh, that could be it. Yeah. You're just You got Marvel on the brain. I've seen them all too, so... Marvel on the brain, uh, Star Wars movies, people using the force, like could have been any. And I got to go see some more movies. I'm getting behind. You haven't seen Solo. You haven't seen Deadpool I've, 2. You haven't seen Avengers. My God, man. I saw Avengers. Oh, you did? Sorry. Yeah, well, you did. You're right. That's right. So you're not too bad. <laughs> no, not too bad, but I still, I feel like it's getting away from me. And then Ant-Man and the, the Wasp thing is coming out soon. Yeah. I'm feeling not going to see movies stress. Well... Hell, man, that's it's weird, but that's it's weird. true. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting behind. Yeah, you're, you got some FOMO. You don't want yeah. FOMO. Um, okay, anything else about everything that happened at, at the baseball diamond that we need to to go over? I thought it was. I thought it was all pretty entertaining. Yeah, I might be a little cynical, but yes, there was good parts. <laughs> the, the the door falling off, and uh, Althea saying, "Do you want to help me with this door?" I I chuckled. Okay, and that's it. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I do agree with you that the acting when uh, Morgan Crocodile Dundee, uh, Alicia, was good. Yeah, I think Morgan as a character is better on this show than he's been in a long time on the other show, and I think moving over here was the best thing that they did for this character recently. Yep, smart. Yeah, I and and I, I wonder if Morgan or if Lenny James even realized this. You know, maybe he was like. I'm getting old and tired on Walking Dead, but if they move me to a new show, I can do whatever I want. That's right. Especially if they pare down the cast quite a bit when I get there. Holy moly. Yeah. Kill off everybody. (laughs) So I guess we should talk about that then. Um, Madison is dead. She is. No, she's not. Oh, I. Come on. They didn't show her die. They faded to white. I don't even want to. They didn't show it. I don't even want to talk about this if that's what you think because i think definitively 100 she is dead no they didn't show a body they didn't show her die they showed a uh what we assume is a fire consuming her but they didn't show any of that what she threw the dramatically threw the flare and it started the fire and then the light just enveloped her and uh we don't know what happened and it was a beautiful heroic death is what my opinion is it would have been yes I wrote down this note right here. I wrote, I thought it was amazing that they didn't show Madison being torn apart. Yet, there is no question she's dead, and I will fight anybody who claims she might have lived. That's my note well, right there. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have to fight. <laughs> well, okay, so, all right, so let me back up a little bit and hedge hedge just just a little bit. She might be dead, but... I have trust issues with this show, and by extension, this show from the other show, uh, when they don't show this shit. Like, they just kind of make you heavily, it's heavily implied that she dies. Everybody believes she's dead. She's dead. The show shows you that 
she probably went out in a blaze of glory, a heroic glory to save her children. She made the ultimate sacrifice, but they did not show it, and they did not show the aftermath. Uh, I have trust issues. I don't believe that they have definitively shown us that she died. You know, I don't blame you for having some of these trust trust issues after the Glenn debacle and whatever else. Even on this show, um, uh, Salazar, right? When he was yep. underground. Yeah, he in died the, in a fire too. Yeah. He? he did. It was an underground Why wine. is Salazar alive, lived through it, and Madison doesn't? Uh, cry bullshit. Well, She's not dead. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I can understand why people feel this way, but I don't think they would do that twice, first of all. And I just think this was too big and important a message with this death um, that they would screw with us and, and make it a fake out again. So I know. Right, let me ask you seven questions. Well, let's, okay. Start with number one. <laughs> was she on Talking Dead afterwards? I don't know. I didn't uh, watch it. Did uh, her people or the Walking Dead people release a statement afterwards? Kim Dickens uh, did say some things afterwards about how I, I didn't read it all, but I think how disappointed she was to be, to be off the show, but it's okay. It's all for the best or something. I don't know what she said, but she did do some talking after. Yes. Okay. Did she, she go to another show? Not that I'm aware of. Right. Did Robert Kirkman say anything about it? Kirkman, I believe has not said a thing. Okay, that's a that's a point in its favor. Okay, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if he opened his mouth, okay. So from the within the show itself, without any extraneous stuff about Kim Dickens or her career or any news related information, just what this show displayed in this episode does not give me a high level of confidence that she's dead. Okay, I'm about. 70, 65, 70% okay with her being dead, but there's still that, uh, there's still that margin of error for me. That's rather high that, uh, she's going to live through this. Sure. Well, um, I'm, I, I think definitively she's dead. I mean, I have no idea what the show is going to do. I would put myself up around the 99% sure kind of range. I mean, I would say a hundred, but. You can never be 100% on things like this. But my feeling is very strong that she's done, she's not coming back, and that's that. Uh, the thing is, though, whether I'm okay with it or not, I don't know if I've decided yet because I was really bummed and disappointed that Madison was killed off because I really liked that character, and I think Kim Dickens was doing a great job. And when you think about it, only one member of the original Clark family is left. And sure, maybe that is kind of realistic because it's a zombie apocalypse and people die all the time, but I find it kind of depressing, actually. So I wasn't happy to see her die off, but I do think they've gone full on and they've they've killed her and they're not bringing her back. You've also got the unreliable narrator. This They made a very big point of... Uh, these people telling a story to, mm -hmm. uh, to Althea about Madison dying from a single point of view. Yeah. We're all in the truck. So we have got an unreliable narrator situation here. They're telling a story. I don't believe the story. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right about that too. And uh, that, I mean, that might be the one point that prevents me from going a hundred percent on this, that you have people telling this story and we're just supposed to believe that they kind of saw it all happen, right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with my feeling that she's dead because I thought it was, I thought it was one of the most noble and heroic deaths we've seen on either show, frankly. And I thought it was so well done that if they come back and say, oh, no, another fake out, uh, there was a... There was a, a a hole she crawled into, and the zombies didn't notice she was there, and then she waited until the fire was out. I'm yeah. I'm gonna be pissed. That's gonna be just so stupid. So okay. so I don't know. I can't I can't think of any scenario where it works where she escapes somehow. I mean, she's standing back against a closed gate, which on the other side of the gate is full of zombies. Uh, there are dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of zombies approaching from you know, directly in front of her, surrounded in every direction. They're on fire. 
and she has no way to go. So it does not seem like a survivable situation to me. No, it absolutely does not. But yeah. we didn't see her put a gun to her head either. So either she is alive or she's one of them there burnt out zombies in the uh, uh, in the stadium. Uh, so show her. Well, she pro- she she probably was devoured, right? We know that these zombies tend I, to do I that. I don't know. They were on fire. Who knows what zombies on fire do for <laughs> fun? I still think they devour people. Would you have preferred it if they'd showed her kill herself as the zombies got there? Yeah. I would have. Remember what happened to Tova Felcher, whatever her name is? Yep. When she raged out, and uh, that was that was a good implied death scene. Mm-hmm. That was very well well done, and I didn't believe for a second that she would have survived that encounter. They did not do that here. If she had put like just slow motion, very flowerly, flowerly like they did in this uh, in this episode, you know, put save the last bullet for yourself type thing, and then you just you know they cut away quickly and, and heard the gunshot, I would have been all in. Oh, but you, would have been people fine. would have been complaining we didn't see the gunshot. We only heard it then. Yeah, but I, I, I would have been. It would have convinced me enough. Okay. But they didn't do that. They just faded to this glorious, you know, uh, firelight uh, overwhelming the camera so that we couldn't see anything anymore. And uh, we don't know what happened. That's that's uh, classic stagecraft for uh, illusionists. I liked the fact that they just f- faded to to white sort of i mean the bright glow of the fire on her face made it feel even more heroic to me for some reason yeah it was well done but i think it was well done bullshit (laughs) well how do you feel about the whole way they decided to tell this component of the story with having her family tell the story uh while we kind of see it in slow motion bits here and there were were you cool with that or would you have preferred to have just watched it play out sort of more naturally. It, uh, the only thing I really had a problem with was, uh, if somebody's telling the story, uh, the way these people were telling the story, it wouldn't be so poignant and well scripted. It's like, uh, she saved them. She saved us. She saved me. And then there was, you know, there's like three or four points that did exactly that same thing just to, to, drive that home right that she was a hero in the grand sense and in the personal sense it was just it was a little too uh saccharine for me uh, see I, and i've never used that word uh before like ever i've heard it <laughs> i've thought it i've never actually uttered it well here but this for me this scene uh was was too much i thought it was really good to be honest i i think that having the very people she was trying to save, recount the story of her death, of and it's of her trying saving them. Basically, was absolutely perfect. I thought it worked dramatically, really well. And you have to remember, it's kind of a dramatic retelling of this. So to have those kind of echoing lines of "She saved us," "She saved them," "She saved me," having Alicia say "She saved me," that that hit the uh that hit the emotion button man i think it worked right in the feels did it It really did i think that worked really well and there was a couple I think maybe the the difference sorry i cut you off you please go ahead i was just gonna say i think there was a couple of lines in there that did that really effectively um but the the bottom line is like these were the people she was doing all this for they were telling the story of her final acts doing what she was trying to do and i think it worked great yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> what were you going to say before? I was going to say maybe the difference here is that you have daughters and I have a son and that this kind of thing hits you in the feels because, uh, you know, she saved her daughter, you know, she saved me. And in the, the Walking Dead, uh, you know, it was that walk that uh, Carl and Rick had taken. It's choked me up right now. Uh, that Carl and Rick had taken, you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the thing is that uh, <laughs> since it's a girl, I don't care. I, I don't think we can boil it down to that but i hope not that makes you sound terribly heartless (laughs) it does it did i think it's a little reductive yeah and uh, not really true but maybe that's the reason that uh, you feel a little bit more uh in this situation than 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 i do maybe i don't know i just think it was a an incredible turn of storytelling i think they did it really nicely um but what else uh I think we just need to briefly talk about what else we we learned from this scene because there were some outstanding things that they did wrap up 
in here. One of those things was we were wondering why do they hate the vultures so much? And we learned that they hate the vultures because Mel, while everything was on fire, they thought he jumped in a car to drive away and escape. But Charlie says, no, 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 he wasn't running. He was saving me because I was getting surrounded. So it was a big misunderstanding. They thought he was running away, but actually he was saving Charlie. So that's okay. Yeah. And why did Alicia hate Naomi so much or June or Laura or whatever the hell her name is? And that's a similar reason. Alicia says they saw her running away, leaving them there. And then, you know, she joined up with the vultures later. But Naomi says, no, I didn't want to flee with everybody else who lived at the baseball diamond. So I went back for supplies. But when I got back, um, there were too many and I had to get out of there and everybody else was already dead. So she ran away. So that was again, another big misunderstanding of someone running away, but it explains why Alicia was so angry with her. Right. Right. So we're, we're getting answers here. And then the other thing that we kind of expected to happen was, all of the rest of the people in the baseball diamond decided that they were too afraid that the walls weren't going to hold. So they decided to get the hell out of there, but didn't make it and were killed. Right. So, so <laughs> puts yeah. a period on that, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, we also learned Strand's hand. He had that hand injury that we'd seen a couple of times leading up. We learned that his hand got burnt when he pulled down a flaming walker to save Alicia when she was considering going back for her mom, but ultimately couldn't. So now we know right. why his hand is burnt too. So it all comes yeah, you together. Gotta, you got to be careful with, uh, with burn. I've burnt my hand. It's, uh, it's not pleasant. Not on a burning zombie though. I hope. No, it was a basket. <laughs> a basket on fire. <laughs> well, it was a, I told you about the time I dressed up as Dorothy and caught on fire. Oh, you've told that story on the air. Yeah, yeah. So it was that basket when it all went up in flames with all the flash paper in there. I, I had second degree burns on the palm of my hand. It was not pleasant. Not good. <laughs> all right. So I think ultimately they kind of answered all our questions. Whether you're satisfied with the answers or not, I don't know. But I kind of am, I must admit. I I think they they brought it all home in this episode. And despite it not being balanced very well, I thought, between what was happening at the Diamond versus what was happening in the before-before timeline. Um, ultimately, I was pretty happy with this episode, and I think it was a pretty good mid-season finale. I'm happy that John Dory lived. Yes, John Dory is alive. That's yep. number one priority right there. So, um, And June, when she went to leave and go get the, the magic item to save his life, uh, he basically says, he's telling her again and again and again, I love you in like seven different ways. And she kisses him on the forehead. Like, what the fuck, June? <laughs> well, you know, she's got to ease into it. She's still not quite sure about this guy. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how you know, she couldn't be, but yeah. <laughs> get your head out of your ass. <laughs> totally. That's all I got to say. <laughs> totally. So Jason, where does the show go from here now? We, we, we've lost Nick. We've lost Madison. Last year, we lost Travis. We've only got Alicia left from the original Clark family. Um, and I think, so that, So that's crazy. Like all these original characters, only the one left. Um, I'm glad it's Alicia. I've honestly always been a little bit more of a fan of hers than I was of Nick, which I know is contrary to most people. So I'm happy about that. And I think Alicia Debnam Carey has been so good lately that I'm looking forward to her continuing on on the show moving forward unless she dies in episode nine that's the way it's going that is a distinct possibility i think but where where do you think the show goes now that we've lost so many of these original characters uh are you go anywhere are you happy with the new crop that we have i am happy with this crop of survivors i uh i like them i think that uh i think i'm with you that alicia could carry this show uh as as for a you know a strong female lead um, I, I like all the characters. I think, uh, essentially we literally can go anywhere. Like there's, yeah, you can't predict where it's going to go because there's no comic book to base it off of. And, uh, there's nothing stopping them. They're going to jump in the truck and they're going to drive until the truck runs out of juice. What about Strand? I feel like Strand is a big question mark now because I think a huge part of Strand's character was his relationship with Madison and she's gone. 
So is he still going to be interesting without her around, I wonder? Yeah, they'll find a way. <laughs> well, maybe, but I, I don't know. Like, it, it was, he he said, they or maybe she said they like to drink together, which is just a small part of it, right? I think they, they played off each other really, really well, so. Yeah, Madison's going to be back, though, so it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, well, I guess so. I guess a lot of people believe that. Um, I, th- I, I think most people out there are pretty, are sort of more with you or maybe even more extreme, uh, not just believing that, well, you know what? I think most people are feeling, I can't believe they just did that. And that's it. I'm not watching this show ever again. If you go to the subreddit for fear, the walking dead, there was a lot of that on there last wow, night. I'm on Reddit every day. Today. I've never been to that subreddit. Well, you, <laughs> I really do bury my head in the sand when it comes to this show, like on purpose. I just, it I goes right in the sand. I don't pay attention to anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are mad, and that's good. It gives you your own fresh perspective, not influenced yeah. by anybody else. Um, but I, I, I do think Strand is a question mark. Um, I think if if there's a character that's due, or maybe not due, but if I was a betting man, I would say Strand will be the next character to be killed off. You think so? I think Strand is a bit of a string to the past on this show and with the new showrunners this year they are looking only to the future and i get right. the feeling strand might not be a part of it so he's just an unraveling strand he's a he's a thread on your sweater that you just have to pull and walk away um and then the the only other question i had i think is that do you get the feeling mr miles that these new showrunners, this is kind of them hitting the reset button on this show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've hit the they've hit it hard, and I I enjoy the reset button. I've hit the reset button on my life, and it's great. Sometimes I I do feel like that now is the right time for that actually, but no, not for me now. Now I got like, well, like, everything's going fine now. Or do you mean you're still talking about the show? Fine. Well, yeah. no, I'm so talking hitting about the me. reset button. On the- <laughs> <laughs> I could use a life reset, not in every component of my life, but yeah, yeah, just fake your own death. There's a few. And you're off. <laughs> uh, I think that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's a little harsh. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe sell my house, quit my job, move to move the family to a fishing boat somewhere, and just live the simple life. Oh fuck! Sounds that would great. be sweet. See, uh, I would love to live on a boat. I don't think I could ever convince my wife to live on a boat, but I'd love to live on a boat. In the winter, what you do is you install a bubbler underneath your boat so it, it bubbles up. Yeah, yeah. And it, it prevents ice from uh, forming on the hull of your boat. Yep. I'm aware. <laughs> or you just sail south. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck this shit, you know, <laughs> sticking around here. Damn it. Going Go to, south. Going to the Caribbean. If you sail to Hawaii. Uh, that'd be fantastic. I love That'd be Hawaii. a long way to go. Oh, it really would be. From here. <laughs> But anyways, reset button. Yes, I think the I think the showrunners came in and were like, you know what? We are not looking back. We don't even care what happened before. We are going to trim this cast, do what we want. And I think they they did that as fast as they could. They took eight episodes to get to this point, And now we are really going to see what these new guys wanted to do all along. So that's going to be coming up in the second half of this season and moving forward, I think. And I awesome. think that's okay. That's fine. I think so too. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, as much as I'm bummed to see Madison go, I wish they could have incorporated her into it somehow, but I guess they didn't feel the same way. So we'll have to see. Uh, I have a couple of really brief notes about the episode. I thought it was really awesome when Alicia was pushing Althea's head out the door into the zombies, reaching up from below. I thought that was a cool, fun scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this may say more about me than about anybody else, but I really enjoyed when Althea told Alicia that she'd punch her in the cooch. <laughs> it was, uh, it was funny. Funny, I guess is the right word. Yeah, it was, it was unexpected. And, and that's maybe what did it for me. Um, I, I am partial to cooter rather, rather than cooch. Oh, Okay. As a, as a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Well, either way, though, it's it sort of came out of left field. <laughs> Zing yep. for me. Uh, and then as I thought it was a little bit goofy, but at the same time, I thought it was okay when we when Madison finally finds her family again in the before before timeline. Uh, she uses that little walkie talkie code that we saw in the right. show before clicking it on and off to signal that she's nearby. So. 
Um, I just, you know, I think it's nice when they set that kind of thing up and establish it as a thing that they do. So it's not just a one-off that seems random. Yep. So nice. that was that. All right. Anything else, Jason? That's it for the first half of this season. Uh, the only thing I can think of is uh, the, the video quality on the camera that Althea was using <laughs> to film everybody. Uh, we lived with that. Like that was that was the shit for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that that quality of video. Like we watched TV in that in that quality, and we liked it. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, it. Uh, there was no HD for a long time there. Four by three, four eighty p, or whatever the hell it was. Uh huh. She's Good just Lord. She's just lucky she had a light on that camera. Otherwise, you wouldn't see anything. Oh yeah, the power uh, requirements that she had. Like she has to charge all those batteries. Got. You know, after, oh, it would just be such a pain in the ass in the apocalypse. Well, Make sure all your battery packs were charged. She probably charges charges it off the truck as it's running, you know. That's... Yeah. That'll work, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, it just, when I was, the, the first thing we saw was June uh, in that video quality. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I remember watching Dharma and Greg uh, in this video quality. <laughs> on your There's old... Dharma again. On your old 4 by 3 CRT. Oh, Yeah. I remember you buying that one of those old TVs, and it was a giant, huge, heavy thing, and I think you oh, carried it into your I apartment had that or something. for the longest time. It weighed 250 pounds. And then when I moved one time and I had movers, it was this, this TV weighs 250 pounds, massive, huge monster of a thing. This guy, the, one of the movers I hired, just walked into the house, and I was like, oh, you're going to, you just picked it up and walked out. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. You're going to need two more guys for that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just picked it up and walked out of the house. Oh my God. That's why you hire professionals. That's why you hire professionals. Exactly. (laughs) And so you don't have to do it yourself. Oh God. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason, let's do a little bit of listener feedback about this episode. Listener feedback. All right. Ryan in Massachusetts writes in, this is the first death in the walking dead universe that I am genuinely angry about. I can't fathom why the new showrunners would kill off not only the lead character of the series, but one of the best actors on television. With Andrew Lincoln rumored to be leaving the main show, it makes the loss of Madison Clark hurt so much more. Yep. It kind of does. I wish she could stay stick around, but that's not what they had in mind. So now Alicia. Alicia's going to step up, and she is going to be the, you know, lead character and hopefully one of the best actors on television. She's there, yep. I think. And then she's going to get super famous and the big star because of this, and then she's going to leave. Well, then what are we left with? John Dory? Fine by me. Yeah, fair enough. They've set him up. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, Graham on the internet writes, so what's with the slow-mo bullshit at the end? Didn't it just feel like they ran out of money to shoot all those sequences? I don't know. No, slow-mo's hard to shoot. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they did shoot all those sequences. That's sort of what we got there. And I thought it looked really cool, actually. The slow-mo we didn't really mention, but I thought most of it looked really awesome. The fire zombies, the slow-motion flames, pretty, yeah. pretty cool stuff. That was that was nice. I'm not a big fan of slow-mo, oddly enough, but uh, like not unless you're like shooting uh, a, a, an apple with a bullet, mm-hmm. and then slow-mo is awesome, right? Or you're dropping a, uh, a big Lego Death Star or something onto the ground, and then you show it that in slow-mo. <laughs> Uh, that is wicked, but uh, generally I'm not a big fan of movie, you know, storytelling slow-mo, but those uh, flaming zombies in slow-mo was pretty cool. I thought it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, the fire was good. Next time I'm around a campfire, I'm going to take out my phone and shoot some slow-mo video, and it's not going to look anywhere near as awesome as that. Oh, did, fake so. slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, you're going to agree with our next email here, Jason Sally on the internet writes, okay, if Daniel's death by flaming distillery scenario taught us anything, it's that dead ain't dead until you see a corpse or a zombified cast member. Exactly. And even with Tolva Felcher, we saw the zombified version of her in the woods. We did. That's right. So, yeah, I need a corpse or a zombie. You know, not that zombies aren't corpses, really. So what I want to do, what I want, yeah, she's not dead. She's not dead. All right. Well, I'm not on that side. I'm on the other side. Dawn in Wisconsin writes, holy crap, did you see that everyone thinks Madison is actually dead? Haven't we learned that unless you see a character die or come back as a walker, you can't assume they're dead? Madison will be back. I predict as a villain. Burnt like Two-Face, maybe? 
<laughs> Dave Erickson believed Madison was a governor or Negan in the making. Maybe Gimple and the new guys agree. Jason used to say Madison would make a great villain. I know Kim Dickens tweeted goodbye, but I don't think that means a thing. After all, no one's gone until they're gone. That's right. A villain. That's a that's 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 a great callback. I think I would like to see her as a villain. She's I can't see it. I just can't see her as a villain. No, not after this season. I can't see it either. She was too altruistic with her uh welcoming everybody into the baseball stadium. She was. That's right. And 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 just her motivations, her family motivations and all that kind of stuff. I don't see it. But that being said, when her family was is threatened, she could do some pretty horrible stuff. And maybe yeah. that's what would drive her to being a villain. But, you know, not from our perspective, I don't think. But again, I think she's dead. Vicky in Essex UK writes... Uh, my all-over feeling of the episode is that it's certainly a mixed bag of goods. Sad to see Madison give her life, and I think her character will be missed. The continual time jumps gave me a serious concussion by the end, and I hope that it won't return. Also, can Lois Lane put down the camera now? <laughs> and whoever is in charge of the burnt baseball zombies, please make sure that the costume's zip lines are covered. Otherwise, it's just clearly a thriller fancy dress party. That's right. <laughs> I don't, I didn't see any obvious, like, zombie burnt overalls on this. I saw clothes wrinkling as they were walking. It was very, taking me out of the show-ish. Really? Should I go back and look for it, or should I not bother and just live on in my fantasy land of it being, looking pretty good? Normally, I would say live on in your fantasy land, but uh, you have an obligation to go back and take a look. Yeah, I probably do. All right, I'll, I'll do it. Um but uh, a thriller fancy dress party is something I wouldn't mind going to. Or at least I would I would watch it. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it up on YouTube. I'd watch that. There you go. Mike on the internet writes, This is a case of me wishing there was a dumpster for Madison to hide under. I grew to like her and Alicia. Madison was the glue by season four. That being said, I would rather Nick and Madison depart, leaving me wanting them to still to survive, Rather than me turn on the TV every week, like with Negan, and thinking, oh, fuck, is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, I think, a good point. You know, might as well, uh, if these characters are going to be killed off, have them go out in a blaze of glory and not overstay their welcome or do anything stupid or something like that. So, yeah, you know, I agree with Mike on that one. If that had happened, that would have been great. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. And finally, on the same topic, Noop J on the internet writes, so I'm going to call Jenna Elfman's character uh, Lanaju, <laughs> Laura Naomi June. Uh, fans of Firefly will get the joke, of course. It's been a while since I've watched Firefly, but I did see the whole thing a couple of times. Might have to go back and watch it again. Uh, but finally, he says, I was sad to see Madison fake her death because Lord only knows Walking Dead shows would never fake us out with a character death. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, anyways, Lanaju, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be her character name from now on if we can't just stick with June. I'm, I'm going to stick with June. I think so. I think that's probably a, uh, a good call. I think that's a 90% chance that that's her real name. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not a hundred. There's definitely not a hundred percent chance there. Yeah. Liars will lie for a long time. They will. They will. Even to the man who loves them. Especially. Oh, especially. There you go. All right. Thanks to you guys for writing in. I'm sure we're going to get more um, responses to this mid-season finale, which maybe we'll uh, get caught up a little bit on on our next podcast, which is coming sooner than you think, you guys. Let's talk about that in a second. Um, but as for a mid-season finale, I was pretty happy with this. Madison is dead, and the show is wide open from here on, in my opinion. So I'm still feeling pretty good about it. I got tired of the multiple timelines there towards the end, but so far, season four of Fear the Walking Dead has been great, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm enjoying the show. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right, so our next podcast, everyone, is going to come next week, and it's been a long time in the making. We are finally going to be doing our 
Walking Dead Season 8 wrap-up crossover spectacle or spectacular with Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast. We've done that every year now, but with fear starting, you know, on immediately following Walking Dead's finale this year, we just didn't have time to get to it. So we had to wait these eight weeks <laughs> before we could get in, yep. before we could fit it in. So we'll be recording that next weekend if all goes as planned, and I expect it to. So that'll be out uh, in case you're unaware. That's where we sort of recap the entire season of The Walking Dead with those guys, and we split it between our podcast and their podcast. And it's always a ton of fun. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, and then after that, uh, we might take a week off, but there's a couple of movies out there that have come out in the last few months that I want to review and talk about. Not just the Han Solo movie. Uh, some other stuff, too, from Netflix and some things that not only I've seen, but also that listeners have recommended and asked our opinion on. So, uh, Jason, I'll run that through you a little bit later, but that's what we're going to be doing. And then at some point over the summer, I really want to do a Garrett Dillahunt actor spotlight because he's my new yeah. hero and I want to watch some of the other stuff he's been in. He's been a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff that I've seen, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff that I haven't seen. So I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to doing a little bit of both. There you go. Uh, we'll have to make a list and get it out there for everyone so you can play along with us. But uh, that should be pretty fun. Anyways, uh, it's been a great season, everyone. I'm looking forward to a fun summer. But uh, as I said, we got our crossover special coming up next week. So look forward uh, to that. I know I do. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Click on Send Voicemail at the top, and you can record a message for us. You can also just record a message into your phone. Email it straight to us at TalkingDeadPodcast.com at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at talking dead or visit our facebook page at facebook.com slash the talking dead and for those of you who don't stick around over the summer months um by all means please do but if you don't i hope you'll come back when fear comes back which is coming back in august for the second half of season four and then of course all the way in october when season nine of the walking dead starts up again and we quickly move into the post Andrew Lincoln uh, era of that show. I have no idea what that's going to mean, but we've got, <laughs> we got a lot to get yeah. through before we even have to worry about that. Oh, the other thing too, is I presume there will be a San Diego comic-con trailer coming out very soon uh, this month sometime. So we'll definitely have to break that down in excruciating detail as we usually do. Frame by frame. Pretty much, pretty much frame by frame. It's amazing how we can do, you know, a full episode recap in about an hour and a six minute trailer recap in about an hour. <laughs> well, there's information density coming uh, in those trailers that uh, is, is rather high. Exactly. So we, you can't let anything get past you. At least we try not to. Yeah. And usually yeah, most of like it does. Yeah, it's like they take a whole season of, or a whole half a season of a show and zip it into uh, into this four-minute trailer. So there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. It, you open it and it just all starts springing out in your face. So. Yeah, that's uh, right. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing that as well. So that's what's coming up. Um, but uh, for now, we're going to call it a night. So until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.